Well, it's day two of my renewed journey. It feels like I've uh, begun my journey anew, which is wonderful. Half past eight in the morning, so that's a good start for me. Now paddling out of Loch Harport, and my destination uh, is the Loch Brittle area. Uh, another long day, I think, but um, good conditions. Cloudier today, a little bit of rain in the air, but light winds, which is which is lovely. I slept very, very well last night. Had a very good night's sleep. Lovely to be in my tent again and in my sleeping bag. And uh, yeah, my routine, <laughs> my daily morning routine was as usual. Woke up at half at five o'clock. Put the coffee on. Attended to some. Uh, social media duties and um, enjoyed my coffee, had some breakfast, made my tea and hot drinks for the day and then packed everything away and dismantled camp and packed the boat and on the water so feeling efficient. It struck me this morning as I set off that uh, I have a sense now that I'm on a long journey. It was a realisation that seemed to wash through me this morning as I looked at the kayak on the beach and I could smell the sea, I could feel the air around me, um, I could feel the anticipation of the day ahead. But there was also a deeper awareness of the continuation of this process, that this will be my life for the next four or five months, that I will be on the move every day, hopefully, or most days. And it was a, it was a strange feeling. It, it was pleasant in the sense of the anticipation and the excitement. But I have to admit, there was a, an element of weariness as well. And that's something I'm going to check out today, that uh, sense of weariness. You know, whether I'm generally becoming quite jaded by the process of packing and unpacking and journeying every day and exerting myself or is it because I'm feeling a little bit tired after my my illness and I'm still convalescing in a way so that will be my thought train today my thought process today I'll be checking that out within me and seeing if if I need to attend to my motivation my general motivation for the adventure I mean as I'm paddling I'm I'm not feeling jaded, I don't feel tired, my body doesn't ache from yesterday's exertions and I'm, and, and I'm genuinely looking forward to the next stretch of coastline as I paddle up past Talisker Bay and then into Loch Einort and then Loch Brittle, gazing up at the Coolan Mountains. So yeah, there's going to be some lovely coastlines, some sea stacks, maybe some caves. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a lovely coastline, stretch of coastline. I guess it's the, it's the, oh, I was going to use the word interminableness, interminableness, if I could say that, of the whole process. I don't know. Well, it'll be interesting to unpack that, that feeling and see, see what's happening within me. And I think that's the nature of this journey. You know, I have so many of these personal processes, <laughs> psychological processes that uh, emerge and wash through me. It's a journey like this which enables me to 
explore my motivations for life, my motivations for myself, my motivations in general. Explore where I gain my inspiration to keep me going, what I need to do to attend to discomforting experiences and feelings. And it all helps me understand myself better. And I'm eternally curious about uh, who I am and my place in the world. Internally curious about how to live a full and rewarding life as well. So it's rather philosophical this morning, I guess. <laughs> my mum said I was a very deep person and uh, I think I've grown up with that, that understanding of myself that I am a deep person. I tend to think about what's going on It's lovely, the coastline I'm paddling past at the moment is um, heavily wooded, which is unusual for sky. Natural woodland, not uh, forestry. I can see all the trees that have been coppiced, so in years gone by they would have been used for whatever, firewood or timber for building. I um, Yesterday when I was paddling, I think I got, I was wearing too many clothes and so um, when I undressed from my dry suit, the clothes underneath it were damp with perspiration. Well, <laughs> more than damp. So when I put my paddling clothes on this morning, it was rather excruciating because they were, they felt cold <laughs> and, and wet. But I'm not, uh, I've uh, discarded uh, the heavier layers. I'm just wearing lighter layers today. I hope I don't perspire as much and therefore have the same issue tomorrow morning when I um, get dressed for the day. The joys of sea kayaking. <laughs> Expeditionary sea kayaking, of course, because uh, I don't have the means to dry my clothes out at the moment. But then I've got the summertime ahead and again, longer evenings and sunshine, hopefully. So this might become less of an issue. Certainly one of the challenges through the winter was um, getting dressed in the morning, getting ready for the water. Yeah, that's interesting. There's a, a few sea kayaks just lying on the shore amongst the trees. I've just paddled past, that's nice to see. Somebody obviously lives nearby who keeps their boats by the shore. For those times they just want to go out for an evening or a day. paddling about three meters from the, the shoreline along the edge of the, the seaweed, the floating seaweed, the rack, cruising along nicely. I love gliding along like this, along the shoreline, feeling that sense of uh, connection and yeah, just um, anticipation as well. You know, maybe I'll see a, an otter or some lovely uh, waders or I love seeing the oyster catches as well. They get very annoyed when I paddle past shout at me. So today I paddle into the open sea again. I paddle out of Loch Brackadale and then out into the open sea. That'll be nice. It feels like I'm, I'll have moved on a bit really.
It was quite disheartening when I um, entered my my daily tally and just wrote up my log for yesterday's paddle. My last entry was the uh, the 5th of March, which is of course when I arrived in Loch Brackadale. Well, the whole of March basically has been given to, first of all, my gout, <laughs> and then my suspected stroke, and thankfully uh, Bell's palsy, and then my recovery. I feel like I've lost a huge chunk out of my journey when I look at it like that. Yeah, it was hard to it was hard to stomach in a way. Definitely a sense of annoyance with myself. But then what followed was a level, you know, a certain amount of acceptance as well. I can't blame my illness. It's not as if I brought it on through inattention and lack of care. It was something that happened out of the blue. Well, maybe the gout was um not looking after myself very well. I think <laughs> Having um, a skin full of whiskey on Rase a week or so before didn't help, and then uh, and then continuing to have a few drams afterwards, and then pigging out on chocolate, which is, I think is what sparked it off. When I stopped at Dunvegan, I bought a huge supply of chocolate. I suddenly had a chocolate craving, and um, rather than ration myself that night, I just wolfed most of it down. And uh, the next morning I had gout. And uh, the other thing is I don't think I'm drinking enough during the day. I make sure that I keep my fluids up. That's something that uh, I've always done in my life. I've never, I've never drunk a lot. And I think it's partly because I grew up in Africa where I just got used to not having a ready water supply. You know, when I'm out and about, you don't, you don't find streams in the bush like you do here in the UK. You only have the water that you're carrying, so you get used to rationing it and, um, you know, drinking when you're thirsty. You know, I didn't get thirsty. I, you know, I managed to go for long periods without having to have a drink. And that's something I've carried into my adulthood. I remember doing a first aid course many years ago, a wilderness first aid course. The instructor, who was a doctor from America, had this adage, drink before you're thirsty, to ensure that you don't get dehydrated and suffer the consequences. When I worked for Outward Bound and worked in the outdoors, I may have encouraged people to, to drink before they were thirsty. I never applied it to myself. So um, in my deck bag, I've got uh, two, two flasks of hot tea, and I have a a water bladder in, in a pocket in the back of my um, buoyancy aid of water as well so um, I can sip that and just keep my fluids up. Uh, it's lovely to be out here. I have a sense of solitude as well, there's no other people on the water, there's no, there are no work craft. It's too early in the season of course for leisure craft. There is a fish farm coming up in about three or four kilometers. So I'm sure there'll be people there. But at the moment, I'm the only person. The wind is behind me, so I'm cruising at a very leisurely speed. And of course, I'm fresh as well. When I paddle out and around into the sea, I'll be into the wind. But the forecast is at is for light winds, force two. So um, that, that looks okay. 
Herd of uh, wild goats on the shoreline up here. Look very raggedy and certainly very, very wild and woolly after their winter. <laughs> Billy, a Billy goat looking at me rather dispassionately, munching away on a mouthful of seaweed. <laughs> Totally unconcerned by my presence, which is nice. Hello. <laughs> that was a nice sighting. Lovely. It's beginning to uh, clag in, as we say. Clouds lowering. There's mist in the air. Dampness. Lovely paddling conditions, though. Nice and cool, and the sea is beautifully calm. paddle close to the shore which means that sometimes I have to be very careful not to strike any any submerged rocks I've got to learn and understand I you know I have learnt and understood uh, the, the nature of the coastline in a way um, where it's likely that there, there will be submerged rocks you know if I look at uh, the makeup of the the rocky shoreline I kind of um, have an innate ability now to to know if I need to edge away and, and paddle a bit further out in deeper water or I can confidently stay close to the shore. Also look for telltale signs on the surface of the water ahead of me. Often there's subtle ripples or swirls which indicate a rock lurking just beneath the surface which isn't visible from the kayak until I'm right up next to it. You know just by keeping my eyes open and just being aware of the nature of the sea that lies ahead of me, you know, about 10 metres ahead, don't have to look very far ahead. Gives me enough time to either back paddle and stop myself or slow down or edge away and turn and take myself around the object. But generally though, I like to paddle really close in, just uh, really enjoy it. I also like paddling through gaps. See a gap, I'll go through it if I can. And there's one ahead. <laughs> Just come around a wee headland and there's a gap between them. the shore and a, a large skerry. A skerry is a, a rocky reef. And as I've come round, I've met the swell coming in from the sea. So I've left Loch Harport now. can feel the swell sweeping in. 
That's it, through the gap. Lovely. <laughs> it appeals to the 15 year old boy within me. I feel the reason now that I'm making my way out to the shelter of Lockhart. Very misty day. Headlands are shrouded. Kind of a mysterious feel to the day. view of the McLeod's Maidens across Loch Brackadale, the other side. Just under a month I was paddling past there. <laughs> Such a delightful coastline. There's no possibility of getting bored paddling past a stretch where they they're low cliffs they're not very high but they're very very steep drop straight down into the sea and I'm paddling right beneath them and the sea beneath me is a kind of inky dark green very deep just make out sandy patches showing up as a lighter green deep deep beneath me and the sea makes that kind of sloppy noise as it sweeps in and catches the undercuts of the uh, the cliff and now the cliffs drop away to be replaced by a low rocky foreshore and this is where I need to be careful not to stray too close in and get caught out by uh, or flying boulders so edging away slightly and um, Keeping my distance.
big cliffs now. Making my way out. And the wind strengthening as well. Quite a swell as well, which means I need to be careful. Don't get too close in and get caught out. I'm right on the edge right now of where it steepens up and rushes in. So I just take myself out a bit. No longer the calm conditions that I enjoyed in Loch Brackadale and Loch Harport earlier on. Bouncy and playful sea now. And that's probably going to get even more bouncy as I round the final headland and into the open water. Massive cave on my left. Wow, impressive. Not one I can paddle into. A big, big boulder in the way, but uh, the force of nature has certainly carved out a, a lovely chasm. There's a small cave here with a, where the swell sweeps in and crashes into it and with a lovely thud and a spume of spray. Just take myself in to experience it. Amazing. <laughs> White water roars out. <laughs> That'd be a good one. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Oh, such fun. Oh. Wonderful. could sit here for ages and just watch it and experience it. The swell comes in, lifts me up, sweeps in, curves around into the cave and thumps into the back. A heavy fine spray is spumed out and uh, the sea becomes all creamy and broken and then another sweeps in underneath me and crashes in. A never-ending process. Oh, that's a big one. 
Wow, that was impressive. My kayak just rides the lumpy sea, perfectly stable. I don't feel nervous at all about falling in. I'm about uh, four meters from the entrance to the cave. So just right where the, the swell steepens up. Just using my paddles to hold my position so I can enjoy the spectacle. There's a big one. Actually, the bigger ones don't seem to make a, a big noise, but... Uh, wow, they're certainly impressive with the spray. The sets come through in threes, it seems. So three big waves in quick succession, churning up the sea. And then it kind of calms down again. Hey, time to move on. Oh, that was wonderful. <laughs> right. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of these wonderful experiences along the stretch coastline. Just ahead of me, dropping from the top of the cliff, is a spectacular waterfall cascading down the steep cliff, dropping onto the rocks before pouring into the sea. And the top part of it is like a gossamer veil, and the breeze is picking up the droplets and blowing them across the rock face, the cliff face. Beautiful. Very, very dark and imposing cliffs few hundred feet high. That's a really beautiful waterfall. Must be impressive when it's in spate after a lot of rain. But at the moment, it's looking quite delicate. Oh, <laughs> it's 
you know, it's funny, I've just been thinking, um, well, I've been looking at this waterfall and uh, suddenly remembered my, my feeling this morning of, I suppose, I guess it's some kind of ambivalence towards the day and maybe the journey and hot as a whole. And all of a sudden now, I just realise what I'm gaining from this experience and uh, how precious it is and how enjoyable it is. You know, to, to see these spectacular natural sights, to have arrived here under my own steam, paddling at the pace of nature. You know, I'm enjoying these incredible moments. And I will remember this, you know, like I will remember just about everything I've seen so far over the last six months. I may not re recall them immediately, but if I were to look at a map and retrace my route, I will remember this waterfall and what it meant to me, you know, in terms of reminding me of, of the joy to be found in the journey, in the experience. I don't think it's even got a name. Um, look at the map, there's no, there's no name to it, not even marked as a waterfall. Hi, the wind's picking up. Wasn't forecast to, but it is. It's only blowing force three though. There are no white caps on the surface of the sea yet. I only feel it because I'm paddling into it. Uh, this is incredible, absolutely incredible. Well, <laughs> since I last spoke to you, I think uh, chatting about the, uh, the cave and the incredible swell sweeping in. Well, I've just paddled the last few kilometers in a very, very lumpy sea. And um, certainly having to keep my wits about me as I paddle. Um, I describe the sea as a as a sharp sea because uh, it's confused and the waves bounce up or peak in serrated edges. The uh, there's no rhythm to them whatsoever. It's because they've been refracted off the cliffs, and uh, it's a very confused sea. It makes for uncomfortable kayaking. Uh, it's not difficult. I mean, I'm not worried about capsizing. It's just there is no rhythm to my paddling because I have to paddle to the conditions, I guess. And I'm not making much headway. Well, not the headway I'd like. So um, I'm coming into Talisker Bay. 
and uh, although I've only paddled 16 kilometers so far I'm going to call it a day because um, the rest of the coastline down to Loch Brittle is unforgiving. I don't think I'm fit enough yet to withstand the whole day of, of a sea like this. Uh, I'm not up to it. I'm sure I could do it but it's the it's the concentration required I think more than the physical ability. I've got to be really uh, alert to outlying skerries. There's a big swell with this confused sea it's difficult sometimes to to see a skerry ahead and plan my route accordingly. Um, I'm also paddling quite a long way from the shore the coastline just to avoid you know the seas beating against the rocks. I'm not enjoying it as much because I'm not as close in it's just I'm just paddling to get from A to B and that's not what I want to do on this trip. It's disappointing because um, you know I wanted to make some headway and feel like I've got some miles under my belt having been laid up for the whole of the month of, of March but uh, I think prudence um, is the wisest choice at the moment. So I can see quite a swell landing on Talisker Beach. It's quite rocky as well so I'll have to choose my spot but uh, this is the only place really before Loch Einort another few kilometres down the way and uh, I don't fancy camping in there so uh, we'll see. It's a funny old day. Up and down, up and down for me really. Setting off feeling a bit blur. Picking myself up a bit as I come paddled out of Loch Brackadale and then feeling a little bit jaded again as I paddle the last couple of kilometres. Just not really in the groove. Right, well I think um, I'll sign off now because uh, I need to pay attention and uh, get this microphone away before uh, I land. I don't want to get it soaked should I find myself tippled over, toppled over rather. There's a beautiful waterfall on my left, just noticed that. Uh, that's a nice distraction. Well the sea's eased up a bit. Just coming around that headland into uh, Talisker Bay and it was very very lively there. Yep, so I'm going to sign off and um, thanks very much for listening to this episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it and um, if you haven't subscribed to my podcast, please consider doing so. That will help, uh, certainly help my um, channel, podcast channels grow. And also if you would like to leave a, a recommendation or a star or something like that, that would be lovely as well if you, if you enjoyed it. So all the best and I'll be chatting to you again soon. Bye-bye. postscript to this episode. I didn't uh, land in Talisker Bay in the end. The surf was just too too big for me to land safely on my own. So I pressed on and um, paddled around into Loch Einot, which incidentally was uh, far more attractive than I anticipated, which was a lovely surprise.
Um, a really lovely loch to paddle into. What had looked like a, a dark and forbidding loch on the map turned out to be something very, very attractive. And uh, when I was there, I kind of vacillated whether to stop and camp there. I was feeling tired, but I still had um, a few hours of, of the afternoon left. So I pressed on and around into Loch Brittle and then camped at the head of the loch, just paddled up the river a couple of hundred meters and then camped a lovely camp spot um, by the river. And it was an amazing day, absolutely amazing day. It turned out to be one of the highlights of the trip. So <laughs> there again, you know, that kind of um, ambivalence I felt before setting off soon turned into uh, wonder and awe. Absolutely incredible day. It wasn't an easy day, that's for certain. Paddling was tricky. I would say the sea was feisty. It was in a feisty mood and it wasn't easy paddling. Nevertheless though, it meant that there were some incredibly atmospheric moments when the, th the swell thundered onto the, uh, the cliffs and eruptions and crescendos of spume and spray would shoot right up into the air and then fall back into the sea and uh, the, the sound was incredible, echoing and thundering, yeah, absolutely amazing. I couldn't get very close to the shore, I didn't want to get caught in that, but um, certainly close enough to get a feel for the experience. So that was, uh, that was, that was the day and um, yeah, so uh, again, thank you very much for listening to this episode and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Bye.